Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. Today, we have Bill from Peace Pizza on the podcast joining me. Bill's been on the podcast before a few years back. I think it was five or six years ago. And we talked about his business. He has a great business. He has a great pizzeria in the Chicago area, does a tremendous amount of sales, and he only has one location. And we talk about why he only focuses on that one location. Because sometimes when you're in business, you tend to feel like you need to grow. Like if you're not expanding locations, you're not growing, you're a failure. But Bill has a different philosophy. He wanted to focus all of his energy on this one pizzeria, make it the best one he possibly can, and the sales are showing. He does a lot of business in this one location. He's like, you know what? I like doing it. I like my customers. I like hanging out in the one location. I don't need 17 locations to feel successful. So it all depends on what you want to do. If you want to have one really, really busy location that does a great amount of business that you can manage easily, it's going to be a great podcast for you to listen to because that's what Bill does. And it was a pleasure talking to him. I love having him on the podcast. And I think you're going to enjoy this one as well. If you have any questions or you want to listen to the show notes or anything that we talk about in this podcast you want to link to, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. That's our home base. You can get everything that we do over there as well as all of the products that we recommend. If you go to smartpizzamarketing.com, that's the website. A lot of blog posts, a lot of previous podcast episodes that you can listen to. We also have a recommended tab. All of the companies that we recommend that we talk about on the podcast are on there. So if you want an updated list of the products that we recommend with links to those products that will help you run a better pizza shop, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com, click on that tab we recommend. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast... There's a tab for that as well. It says, be a guest on the SPM show. I love discovering new people, right? You may be listening to this podcast, and over the last couple of weeks, I've had people who are listeners of the show who became guests because they filled out that form over at smartpizzamarketing.com, told me a little bit about their business, and we had them on the podcast, and it was a great podcast, and it got a lot of great feedback from you guys listening to it. So if you want to be a guest on the show and hang out with me for an hour, go to the website. Fill out that form. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your business, and we'll see if we can make it happen. All right, let's get into today's podcast. But first, a word from our products and services that make this show possible for you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. I was just cooking some pizza last night with Baccio Cheese, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? I love this. I love the way that it melts. If you go to my Instagram, you can see some photos of it. It just tastes great. It melts great. Whether you're making Detroit-style pizza, whether you're cooking in the uni oven or the gosni, or you're cooking in your home oven, the pizzas come out great. They also come out great if you're using them in your pizzeria. So whether you're a home pizza maker or a professional pizza maker and you want to please your customers, check out Baccio Cheese. Go to BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM. Request a demo. You can do that. Tell them you listen to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. You trust Bruce. You want to have some of Bruce's pizza just like he makes it. If you want to take a look at what it looks like, head over to my Instagram or you can go to Baccio Cheese's Instagram. They are at Baccio Cheese. You can also follow them on Facebook at Baccio Cheese as well. And I think you're going to love this cheese. I'm telling you right now, from somebody who makes a ton of pizza at home and professionally did it in the pizzeria, this cheese is the best. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. Again, BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Stanislaus Food Products. Head to Stanislaus.com. These are great tomatoes. Whatever kind of pizza you're making, whether it be at home or at the pizzeria or in a restaurant, go check out Stanislaus.com. 
Com. They have the best tomatoes. And you know what the best part about Stanislaus is? It's a family-run company. If you go to the expos or any restaurant expo, you see their big booth. They're very friendly. They're accommodating. They want you to use the best possible product that fits your pizza. And that's why I enjoy them. And they're great people. They are really great people. It's a family-run business. They also have a great newsletter called La Trattoria where you can go sign up and they give you ideas and inspiration through the email once a week. And it's just a great company. Stanislaus.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes and really support them because they support the podcast, which allows me to do this show for you every single week. And I love and appreciate all the companies like Stanislaus that supports the podcast. And they've been a supporter for a long time. So shout out to them. I appreciate them. And I think you should go check them out. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Bill from Peace Chicago is joining me on the podcast. Bill, thank you so much. I know you were on the podcast we were talking about before we started but it was felt like forever ago so i'm glad to catch up with you have you joined again on the podcast it's exciting to talk to you i think it's been five or five or six years but of course there were there was some kind of pandemic thrown there so we're not even going to count those years i know it's still i can't believe i was just talking to my wife the other day it's 2023 and you know 2020 is the infamous year that everything happened i can't believe it's been three years and it's unbelievable it feels like yeah. that three years was the longest three years, but it also feels like one year, all in one. It quite it was quite the learning experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was something that threw a wrench in everybody's plans, I guess. But it also made people kind of like, all right, second guess what they're doing or, you know, think about other ways to make money or think about how they can change their yeah. business in case something like that happens again. So it's it's horrible, yeah. but informative, I guess. And and to think about what, what the, our, the priorities are in our lives. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you, everybody wants to make as much money as they possibly can and build this huge business. But, you know, life is, we're only here a short period of time compared to everything else. So you got to maximize it for fun too. And like family exactly. and experiences. Yep. No question. So give everybody a little bit of in back info about, you know, what you're doing now in case they haven't gone back and listened to that old episode. Like what are you up to now? Uh, you know, Bruce, we're approaching 22 years um, in the pizza business, pizza and beer, we, we brew great beer. Um, and, it's, it's, and it's gone so quickly, but we have stayed true to, um, to our approach. We're still one unit um, and, um, and we're staying true to the product and to our customers and to our employees. So for us, it's always been, it's always been you know, stay the course, do what we do very well, you know, be quality conscious and, and of course, you know, be, be very good members of the community. And that's something that is essential to our mission. How, how do you stay? So every time you know, you search best pizza places, right? Your name always comes up. How do you stay on top of that list when people think of the best pizza places for such an extended period of time? You know, it's, it's, vigilance to the to what we do you know it's it's training it's uh, being committed um to to the product and making sure that we're we're putting out the very best that we can you know every pizza is hand formed so our our people have to know how to stretch out the dough they have to know how to top it they know how to need to know how to how to bake it you know um and, and if we make a mistake well we correct it and we do it again yeah you know you do enough pizzas, you're going to screw up, oh, you know, but, you know, really it's training and, and, you know, 
Um, we are fortunate to have people who have been with us for many years. I, I'm proud to say that we have uh, five employees who opened the restaurant in, in 2001. Wow. Um, and that, of course, helps with, with making sure that our, our product is, is always very good because they're so well-trained. And, you know, we, we don't um, experience the typical turnover that restaurants um, experience. That's, that's interesting, too, because usually when you hear about restaurants who only have one location, turnover is their major issue. All right, so what I was saying is you often hear about people who have one location only have really high turnover rates. And I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast that the reason that they grow is because they want to give their employees opportunity for growth themselves. How do you keep those people with you when you only have one location? And it's like they having five employees that have been there with you for 20 years is, is, is impressive. You know, as, as committed as we are to, um, to uh, the quality of our pizza um, and beer, of course, um, we're committed to the lives of our employees. Um, it, it's a team effort in order, in order for us to um, do what we do. We have to make sure that our um, team is, is treated very well and that they're able to make money um, and they're able to work in, um, in an, a place that provides a very positive culture and supports them and supports each other. So we have we have worked on um, on making lives better, making sure that these people our, our crew is um, compensated very well. Um, people share tips in back of the house, which you know everyone knows that the, there's always a um, a separation, a division between front and the back of the house, and we figured out how to you know get more money to the people in the back of the house and tip share that sort of thing. Um, and we also provide benefits. Um, if people work just 20 hours a week, they can, um, they can get benefits. Um, we split it 50-50. Um, we also have a 3.5% a, um, wellness fee on every tab. So that goes um, to the, the lives and welfare of our, of our crew. Oh, that's interesting. What's the, what, what is that? So every bill that, every tab that a customer pays is a 3% wellness tab on there? Yes, that's right, and it and it is on every um, every bill. Um, ex explains that it goes to to our staff. So um, we need to make sure that 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 they're taken um, care of, um, and they're able to in, have have um, benefits, health benefits, which everyone should have. It's important too. Health is the most important thing you can think about. You could have everything you want in life, but if you don't have health or good health. Mm -hmm. And you struggle yeah. to figure out a way to pay for healthcare that you need. That's so hard and so stressful. It should be a basic right. Yeah, everyone should, everyone should have it. Um, and uh, you know, and, and I think we've struggled in this country. And this is this is how we've approached it. And um, and I'm very happy about that. Well, now that you say that, I'm not surprised that you have people that have been with you for a long time because there's not, it's hard too. There's not a lot of restaurants. I think a lot of restaurant owners ultimately want to maybe do that for their employees, but they struggle with the financial aspect of being mm -hmm. able to do it for them. Yes. Um, you know, we do have the um, benefit of, of longevity and with yeah. that comes, you know, certain, uh, some advantages. There's, you know, we're a brand that people know. We are we are fortunate to do the sales that we do. You know, and that enables us to um, to give back. Um, 
it's not to say that, that we haven't made mistakes and haven't struggled because we certainly have, but we've um, been smart enough to adjust and, and correct those and make sure that, that, uh, that we're doing things in, in the most positive and, and hopefully um, intelligent way. Do you have fun doing it still after all these years? You know, I don't think that I would be doing it if I didn't, you know. Um, I love it and I, I, love, I love my team. I love the product. I love our place in the community. Um, and, uh, and it's a thrill for me. It keeps me doing creative things. It keeps me engaged. Um, I, I work on, I, I'm a pretty good marketer, so I, I, I manage all the social. So you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and you see posts, they're, they're mine. Now, I'm not doing the TikToks because that's a little outside of, <laughs> of, of my skill set, but I've got a, a wonderful person who's, who's been um, uh, an, a key player. Um, her name is Melody, Melody Arnold, and, and she totally gets it, and she understands the brand, she understands the product, and she puts that together. But, you know, TikTok is a different animal, totally. and it, 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 um, it helps. Um, what, with what we're doing. It complements um, the stuff that I'm doing yeah. on, on Instagram. I was just checking out your Facebook before we got on this uh, this podcast, and I was like, you guys do a really good job on there. And I didn't know it was you doing it. You probably mentioned that on the last podcast, but I forgot. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people are surprised, but I'm able to, to, to give it the voice and keep the voice consistent. That's super you know, hard. That's, that's super hard is so, to if you don't do it yourself. Because a lot of owners get busy, they don't have time, or they like like you did with TikTok, right? They don't have the the knowledge, so they just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Rather than trying to find yeah. someone who understands the, the brand voice, they just don't do it because they don't know the thing. Exactly, and again, it, it does play to, you know, to my skill set, so it is one of one of my strengths, and um, it's not everyone's, so I'm, I'm uh, I, and I, I really enjoy it. You know, if you go on, on, um, on Today, you'll see that I did a, a reel of, of pizzas going into the oven, being pulled out, topped, and coming out of the oven. It's pretty cool. They, they, they look, uh, eyes look beautiful. And then I pick music, and I, I, I mix it up, you know, being an older person. I love the music from the 80s, of course, you know, and, um, and then I've got to get with some of the current stuff. <laughs> So. It's good that Instagram kind of gives you some trending sounds too. So for us older guys, it's not like we have to think about what's or ask somebody who's younger what kind of music is playing. It kind of tells you, all right, like what songs are, are trending that everybody else is using. Maybe that's the reason that people are using those. Exactly. Does your does the shout out to Melanie, by the way, who runs your TikTok, does she work in the pizzeria? Um, you know, she does do some work in, in the pizza place. Um, she also managed... Um, the bagel place, which um, which I own next door, Bro Bagel, which um, was the first business that I was in, the bagel business yeah. in the um, the 80s and 90s. Um, and she worked there. She left for a period of time, went to Chattanooga, recently came back and and has been working um, part-time at Peace doing our, and, and doing our TikToks. And she's working at another wonderful restaurant, El Shea, um, which is owned by John Mannion, who's a, who's a fantastic chef. Nice. How, so you pay someone just to do TikTok? Like, what you obviously found that it was necessary to do that. What, like, give me the idea behind that, or or share some insights to your thought process between hiring someone for that for people who are listening. You know, I just felt that, and and I share this with with my team and discuss it. You know, I I have a um, a key person in in Patty Buckland who I, who I is who I consider our. our um, CEO, she's just she she has so many um, skill sets, and I'm like Patty, we, 
you know, we really need to do TikToks, and, and I think Melody is the person. So we really looked at that, and we created a, a plan that compensates Melody um, appropriately for her efforts. Um, and it's, uh, it's an arrangement that, that works very well for both of us. Um, you know, we don't, we don't make decisions without discussing them. They're, they're, um, they're planned, um, and, and I'm happy to say that, that this one in particular has worked out very well. That's great. What's your content strategy? Do you go in there one day a week and like just record stuff, or is it kind of like, oh, I feel this in the moment and put it out? You know, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, I'm constantly shooting um, um, images. Yeah. Um, at peace, you know, it could be it could be the front of, of the of the place with with a, a banner. It it could be you know someone pouring beer. Um, could be pizzas going into the oven, bubbling in the oven, coming out, um, being cut, and then then I can refer to all of these images and and really think about you know what what do I want to what do we want to say what do we want to promote that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, just just right right now, you know, after coming out of a meeting yesterday with my team. Um, we're going to try to um, we're going to work on on the delivery business and trying to get you know more catering business downtown. So I'll have I'll, I'll create something and Melody will create a TikTok and you know we'll keep hitting it and hopefully um, that'll do it. And we need to we need to hit it um, on a regular basis and get that um, and get it out there. Yeah, I like that strategy. So you're you're kind of like always creating and then you go back and you're not always posting, but you're always kind of creating. Mm -hmm. And I'm always um, posting on our stories. So, you know, those are short-lived. They're 24 hours. Um, I'll do a reel here or post, post there. But um, it's just so important to keep the brand out there, yeah. to keep it fresh. Um, you know, as I said, we're, um, you know, we're 22, coming up on 20, 22 years in the business. That's a long time, you know. And, and how do you, how do you, what you have to do is you have to keep it fresh, yeah. interesting, and do different things, um, and stay in people's um, out there in people's consciousness, and hopefully at the front. You know, we want to be the very best, and there's some very good places, and you know, um, Chicago is a very competitive place, of course, but um, definitely, you know, we work, we work on product, work on service, um, we work on marketing, um, and then 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 back of the house. You know, I've got a team of people who are making sure that that. Um, we're managing the place um, the right way. 22 years is almost long enough where, and it might even be long enough, where you're like, a couple more years and you're going to start to see the kids that came into your pizzeria bring their kids into the pizzeria. Oh, we're seeing it. Are you? You know, it happens all the time. In fact, you know, there are people who, who had their first dates at, at Peace. You know, they're coming in with kids. Um, I'm... I'm I'm proud of that. You know, that's a great thing. It's a cool experience as the owner, but it's also a bad experience as the owner because then you realize how long you've been doing it, right? You know, that's really, we have no control over time, right? No. We might as well, we got to have the very best experience that we can yeah. um, and treat people along the way and, and hopefully do something, you know, significant or meaningful on whatever level it may be. Yeah, you're right. And you do a lot in the community. I know we talked about when we said, you know, I was like, I someone tag. I think someone tagged you on our Facebook page. I'm like, you know what? I got to catch up with Bill. We haven't talked in a long time. And you're like, yeah, we're doing some other stuff in the community. And you've always done stuff in the community. How, do people come to you with that stuff, or do you initiate and say, you know what? I'm I'm interested in this topic. I want to help this person or this this company or you this, know, whatever it is. That's a good question. It it really has been an evolution because for a period of time when people would um, would 
um, look for donations, I'd almost give it away right away, you know, but then I cre started creating some rules. Well, you know, you've got to give at least um, a couple weeks notice, you know, and then I had to tweak it to, well, it's got to be within, um, you know, the Wicker Park Bucktown neighborhoods, which is, you know, which is where um, the restaurant is. So w I had to create parameters who were just um, giving away so much stuff, um, uh, which was good, but we want to make sure that there's, there was some um, strategy behind um, our, our giving back. Um, a number of years ago, we created a campaign, collaboration campaign. It first started with my friends who own this great um, fried chicken place called Honey Butter Fried Chicken. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of an idea popped in my head. I said, why don't we put their chicken on, a fried chicken on the pizza? And, you know, I, I ran it by them and I said, yeah, let's do it. And it was a huge hit. And I said, okay, let's tie it to a, um, uh, an organization and make it the beneficiary. So we, 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 they chose Pilot Light Chefs, which is um, an organization that gives back to, that goes into the city schools with curriculum on, on food and diet. And they work with the students. And it was, it was started by several Chicago chefs. So we did that with them for a number of years. I think that we raised um, we raised over fifty thousand wow. dollars for them, which I'm really proud to say. Um, and then it changed to a couple other organizations. One was the Chicago Independent Venue League, um, which represents the um, the venues that were shuttered um, during COVID. Um, but getting back to to the collaborations, you know, it evolved into into getting other chefs um, creating their creating a pizza. So it started with, with Honey Butter. Um, we got Steph Izard from, from um, who's, who won Top Chef and Iron Chef, and, and she's a friend, and you know, she's got the Girl and the Go, Little Go products. Um, she's out spending a lot of time in LA now. Um, she got involved, and then her publicist um, at that time, publicist Katie Darnaby said, why don't you run it out with, with, a, with a third? And then she brought up Hot Dog, and Hot Dog, you know, is this, had just retired after 14 years in the, in the hot dog business, yeah. and he had these great sausages, and he was just nationally, internationally renowned for, for what he was doing. Hot Dog jumped in. So it just kind of grew from there. So this year, we did it for um, the um, Midwest's largest no-kill shelter, Paws. We raised... We raised twenty-nine thousand dollars in three months, and that happened because we had we had Hot Dog and Barry Sorkin from Smoke um, collaborating together. We had Matthias Murgis from Billy Sunday, um, and then we had we had the great chef Rick Bayless. Um, they all created a pizza. Um, each took one month. Um, from Barry, um, the first two months we gave five dollars from every pizza to Paws. Um, with Rick's Pizza, we were able to give $10 because I was able to secure some sponsorships. Oh. And then we had a couple matches. So in the end, you know, 29000 we had great um, coverage for this. We were able to do something meaningful for, um, for PAWS, you know, and, and, and it, it was just a really, it's a great campaign, and we're going to continue with PAWS for the foreseeable future. We're working on next year right now. That's great. So these chefs create a, like their signature pizza on your menu for a month and it's only available for that month? 
That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What was Skip Bayless's pizza? Uh, Rick Bayless. Oh, Rick Bayless. Skip's his brother. Skip. Skip's his brother. Yeah. yeah. I got the, I got the ESPN <laughs> thing stuck in my head. Yeah. Well, Rick, uh, who of course has has Frontera Grill and Frontera Food products, um, put his uh, tomatilla sauce as uh, as the base, um, and he donated the sauce through through the month, which was great. Um, and he topped it with um, pepper jack cheese, um, uh, red onion, uh, bacon, um, and then he finished it with age grated um, Romano and cilantro and jalapenos. And it was it was just out of this world. That's amazing. Get a get a great chef was, like that to come in and make a pizza. It was so great. And he was so gracious with his time, you know, he did some TV spots and, and radio and um, just just the best guy. That's we awesome. Very fortunate to, to have Rick. Uh, that's great. I think a lot of people think of that idea too, but they don't really know how to organize it or how to come up with the pizza ideas. I, the fried chicken pizza concept with collaborations is probably one of the most popular ones nowadays, right? Yeah. Like you see that all around. No, no, no question about it. It's still, we, we um, had so much success with the honey butter fried chicken and with Hot Doug's atomic um, pizza. We put his, his spicy atomic sausage on the pizza that we, we ended up putting it on, on the menu permanently. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, people come in, they get it. It's, it's two of our, our most popular pizzas. How big is your restaurant? Like, is it, how many people sit there? We, we, we have an occupancy of about 240. That's well, a good size. So it's a, it's a good size um, space. It's really, it's a, it's a wonderful space. And, you know, there's a number of factors that went into our success. And, and one of them is, is location and the actual space, it, it, it's an old garage with the boat truss ceiling and, and just wonderful natural light. So you, it lends itself to this concept. There were no walls that had to be moved, yeah. so it's wide open, you know. It's got a skylight that runs down the, the length of the, of the space. So it, it, it lends itself well to the concept to pizza and beer and just feeling very comfortable when you're there yeah it's you got a good concept it looks great and you have a good logo too it's good branding to go along with it so it's very recognizable you see that oh yeah and and you know i always say that that when when um jim fur or my ad guy came presented it to me um it was just so smart yet simple and almost astonishing that that no one ever did anything similar yeah and that the name piece was available to trademark with that with that mark in in 2001. that's crazy so, i know right? you know, we, we yeah it's it just the fact that that it was available is kind of kind of cool i mean it's just like it, it it's simple it looks yeah. like a pizza it looks like a peace sign it's you know you know and i, I i'm so thankful for for him and the work that he and his, and his um his advertising partner Scott did on it um, way back when. How come no? So this is going to be a question. I know we kind of talked about it in the beginning. Like you only have one location. How come you haven't expanded? Is there a reason behind it? Yeah. Um, you know, I had an experience. My experience in the bagel business was with with multi units, yeah. and and I and for me it was just beyond my comfort level. Um, I'm able to be singularly focused and and you know, and take care of product, service, 
um, um, my employees and, and giving back. And it really plays to, to my strengths. I feel good about it. And we've really built something I think it's it's significant for for one unit, and you know people always ask, well, why don't you do more? And I'm like, um, I, I'm I'm blessed that that I don't ha I don't have to chase dollars. You know, yeah. it's a very personal thing, and and um, I don't want to chase dollars. It's not you know, it's stuff isn't going to make me happy. What makes me happy is is making sure that we're doing things the right way. Um, and taking care of, of our customers and our, and our team. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like, cause I always, I talk about that a lot because I was in the same position you were like, you know, everybody, you always, when you're in the pizza business or I think I may be the bagel business may be similar, but especially in the pizza business, you always kind of feel forced. Like you have, like you, the, your goal has to be growth. If your goal isn't growth, right. then you're doing it wrong. That's right. You know, and people have, have pressures, but yeah. I had that. I lived it. Um, it was not something that made made me happy. You know, I didn't know customers. I didn't know staff. And you know, I felt that I was being pulled in a lot of directions, um, and it was un it was uncomfortable for me. You know, I, I felt at times I was putting out fires. Yeah, I could put out a fire very easily in one place. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> nothing goes down. Something breaks. I could get it taken care of. But you know, shit does happen like that. But um, but it's it just plays to my to my comfort level. Um, and, and, and again, um, we don't have to be the biggest to be the best. And I kind of have a funny story about that. Um, Rick, Rich Melman, the great restaurant, restaurateur who owns, um, let us entertain you restaurants, sat down with me a bunch of years ago. He came in and he turned to me, he said, Bill, how come you haven't done any more of these places? I said, well, way back when, when I was in the bagel business, I had the good good fortune to sit down with a very successful restaurateur. It was him. Oh, was it? And he and the restaurateur told me this successful. I said, you don't have to be the biggest to be the best. That's funny. He's and he laughed. And Richard was laughing. He, he remembered exactly. Oh. And I'm not saying that we're the best. I think we're very good at what we do. But um, uh, you know, it, I don't have to do it because I, I'm I, it's, it, I'm not ego driven. Um, I'm not going to be driven by by dollars. I'm I'm driven um, to do things the right way. Yeah, you have to like what you do too. It's hard. I think the most people who are have one location also doesn't sound like you have this problem, but they also I, I call it like Groundhog Day, right? Like if you don't expand your business or you're not developing new things or trying out new things in the pizza business, you, it can get very boring. And it's like you wake up and every day is the same. Monday's Monday, Tuesday's Tuesday's, and before you know it, it five or six years go by and you just get bored. Um, but it, does, yeah. it sounds like you have a lot of things going on, whether, whether that be with uh, other companies or people you know or charities that keeps you excited mm -hmm. and doing different things. Exactly. And again, you know, Bruce, it's, it, you, we do these things to keep it fresh and interesting yeah. um, you know, to the public, which keeps it fresh and interesting to, to me and, and, and my team. Do you like bagels or pizza more? Bagels? You can't ask that question. <laughs> That's a it's like people ask me what my favorite pizza is. Like, can you choose between children? I mean, I, I suppose some people do. But I have three um, children. But, like, uh, like, no, I mean, on. you know, I, I, I love bagels, um, um, and I, I love, I love pizza, um, and I would, and I would joke because the bagel place, which is called Bro Bagel, is right next door in in the same building. Um, they're two different storefronts, and. You know, I've joked about it and you calling it the, uh, the house of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's awesome. You know. 
But the products are, are you know, the, the bagels are, I think, they're the best in Chicago, some of the best um, in the country. You know, they're boiled in water, um, they're baked on redwood boards and, and hand-dipped and, you know, done the right way, crunchy and chewy on the outside. And getting back to, you know, we talked about Boston, where I went to, to school, yeah. I went to BU. That's how I got into the restaurant business, the bagel business. I would frequent those bagel places on Harvard Avenue. Kupel's is, is still there. Um, and that was my, I was just really fascinated by that business, which back in, in the early 80s, no one was do, really doing it outside of the North, uh, the Northeast. Yeah. My brother Andy was going to school at Brown and we were looking for, for markets to go into and he was visiting his friends um, in Chicago and Chicago market was wide open. So that's how we got, got here. But, you know, that's how I got to, from bagels into pizza. I grew up in New Haven yeah. and like bringing bagels to um, a city in which there wasn't great bagels. There wasn't, I didn't think that there was a great thin crust pizza here. You know, I, I, I know there was, I know that was my experience and having grown up in New Haven and having grown up eating Sally's pizza, I wanted to, to do something similar, a New Haven style pizza in, in Chicago. It was different, yeah, because the pizza in Chicago, when people think of it, it's either the thin crust that's cut in squares or the deep dish, right? Yeah, tavern style yeah. Um, is, is a very popular style. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Well, most people, like most outsiders from Chicago, think it's the deep dish, but it's not the deep dish. That's not the popular one in Chicago, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I still think it's funny that they cut them in squares, you know, growing up, you know, eating New Haven pizza and always having pizza in the, you know, in the Northeast with slices cut, but pie cut, you know, it's like, <laughs> you want a great crust, you want, you want an edge on every pizza, you know, so um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of poke, poke at that in a, on an Instagram uh, post once in a while, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I feel the same. No screen. I might, do, I might do no squares, you know, or, yeah. you know. It's true. Not shy, no squares. Even growing up here in Boston, like, I, I, if I go somewhere and they cut it square, I'm not used to that. So I can't, I can't gauge how much pizza I'm eating based on the squares because I'm just not used to it. Yeah. I always end up eating. Where are you eating your, where are you eating your pizza? Let me turn the table on you there for a second. Where are you eating pizza in, in Boston? Uh, so, you know, Boston's a tough town. There's not a whole lot of great pizza shops in Boston. There's a lot of, there's a couple in the North end. Like if you go in there, Ernesto's, um, there's, you know, obviously the Pizza Regina in the North end is great. Santoro, uh, Santarpio's is one that is okay. I feel like it's a little overrated in my opinion. I don't know if I would have somebody go in there and be like, this is what you should get if you come to Boston. I find the best pizzerias in Boston aren't necessarily in the city of Boston. They're more like in the mm -hmm. outskirts. Gotcha. You know? Well, I, re I do remember Pizzeria Regina's. They were there. Uh, it was there when I was in school. Yeah. That one's great. The that one on the North End, the pizza's really good. The, other, the ones that they've had as franchisees, you know, as they moved out, the Polcari's ones, mm, not as great. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot. I think there's a huge opportunity for someone to have really good pizza. What's popular here is a lot of the people who immigrated immigrated here from Greece or um, other countries opened up like roast beef shops and then added pizza. So they have like subs, salads, pizza, and it's they're not known for having great anything. It's just kind of everything, if that makes sense. Right. 
I remember a place in Kenmore Square called Aegean Fair. I think they were doing everything. Yeah. You know? It's like that's what they do here. They just try to sell every – you know why? Because delivery here, it gets so cold like in Chicago in the, in the winter that people don't want to go out. So they want to get it delivered. Right. And back in the day, yeah. before DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub, pizza shops just delivered. So they would just add everything onto their menu because they were – people wanted it and they could deliver it because they had the system set up. So it, it, but now exactly. they're hurting from that because it's like people can get anything delivered now. Yep. Well, I, I know that, that Pepe's has a, has a, a location now there. And I, I thought I heard that, that Sally's might be moving to Boston. I, I know there's a Pepe's. I went to the one there's in Burlington, which is like a suburb of Boston. Uh, they have mm -hmm. one, a, a Pepe's there, which is actually pretty good for you. you you often find these franchisees or other locations other than the original don't live up to the hype, but Frank Pepe's was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a really good pizza for, and I like my pizza. Like I like New Haven style pizza, thin crust, a little well done. Like that's my favorite style of pizza. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So that's like my favorite one. Um, oh, I was going to ask you one more question and I forget what it was now because we kind of, we kind of talked about pizza. Uh, we talked about bagels. Oh, you, I was going to say, you see a lot of people now. You kind of did the reverse, right? You went from bagels to pizza. You see a lot of pizza people now opening bagel shops, which is interesting. I'm seeing that all the time. Have you? Have, has that been a thing, or is it something that I'm just noticing now? I, I, apparently, it's become a thing. Yeah. I'm seeing it all the time. I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense. You know, if you got the space, you can, you can capitalize on a different day part, you know? And I don't know if people are doing it within the same space. I think that's... That's a little weird, a little funky, but <laughs> if they have separate storefronts, I think it, it makes it makes sense. I think they come to like use the dough or they see it's like they have a pizza shop and then they want to do bagels. So they use their pizza shop as an experimental kitchen for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing about bagels, not unlike pizza, is that you have to work within the parameters of, of that dough. You got to know what you're doing. It's not an easy business, you know, to do it the right way. You have to boil your bagels. Um, and it's the really the only way to get a crunchy and chewy bagel. And, and my preference, we don't we don't put sugar in, in our dough with exception of a little brown sugar and the cinnamon raisin. But it's it's liquid malt yeah. is the flavoring. There's no sugar. Um, they're crunchy. They're chewy. Um, and uh, it, 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 it makes me very happy that, that um, I was able to bring the product back, which is what we did in, in, in 2014. We'd been out of, I'd been out of the business for since 1999. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Do you run the social media for that company as well? Yes. Oh, you do? I'll have to check that out. I, I know you, we talked yeah. about that on the last podcast. I don't know if we talked about that. It's called Bro Bagel, you know, it, and um, it, you just look at the products. And, we, you know, we, we one of the, the lessons from... COVID was, you know, I, I was at a crossroads because the place was super popular, but it's a tiny space and we were trying to do too much and too many sandwiches and pissing off customers, making mistakes and so close. I was just close to like closing it. And then finally, you know, and COVID and I'm like, we're just going to whack the menu. We're just going to have bagels, cream cheese, egg sandwiches, lox and cream cheese and cream cheese sandwiches and bags of bagels. That's it. Simplified it. It has, it has worked. It has become... Um, it has been, been become a, a very good success, I'm proud to say, you know, but we just, we simplified it, the product gets out there quickly, it's excellent, and, um, and we're not making mistakes as we did 
uh, previously. That's great. So it gave you the opportunity to do things that you wanted to do, but you probably couldn't have if that didn't happen. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out, you know? And, and I just know that we were just, you know, we're just fucking up right and left. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't make me, you know, I was not happy about it. I knew that the product was very good, but it, it hurt me to, to continue to make the mistakes that we were making. It's hard too to take so, something off your menu while you're working it, like, cause it's hard, it's just hard. Right, that's exactly right. But, but COVID enabled us yeah. to, um, to do that. That's fantastic. So where, you know, we, where, where can people go check you out if they wanted to follow you on Instagram or go check out Facebook? What, what are the companies? Like, uh, Peace uh, Chicago on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, the bagel place is Bro Bagel. Um, Peace Chicago and, is your uh, website too, right? PeaceChicago.com. I'm looking at it right here. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, we'll like all so check it out. Give us a follow. Um, you know, Anyone that has any questions, feel free to, to email me at PeaceChicago at Gmail. We'll link all that up in the show notes. What's your TikTok? Is it Peace Chicago TikTok too? Peace Chicago. I'm going to go give you guys a follow when we get off of this. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time. It was great catching up with you and talking. Don't go anywhere yet, but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for thinking of me. Thanks for having me. It's great seeing you again. Thank you to Bill. Thank you to you for listening to the show. Appreciate you very much. Like I mentioned in the beginning, go to the website. If you want to be a guest, there's a form there. If you want to see the, some of the products that we recommend, there's a button there. All the information from past shows are also there as well. So thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. There's, there's got to be some form of way to either give it a five-star review or leave a review. That would be amazing. Appreciate you. There's been a lot of them lately, and I appreciate every single one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can hit me up on Instagram at Smart Pizza Marketing. That's where I hang out the most. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.